Coach stands at the bottom, uh, just under the net, rolls the ball out. Two guys on the the tees at the at the baseline and run out, die for the ball. Whoever gets the ball gets to go one on one. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were doing that, and um, other guy dives for the ball, but his arms are outstretched. I try to tip it out. Our arms get tangled up, and I fall, and my shoulder just wrenches out, and it doesn't go back in. Mm. And so in that moment, um, there were, there were two things that went through my mind. Number one is, oh my goodness, it's out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and the second one was, why is everybody looking at me like that? Right. Cause it's not a pretty thing. Uh, If you've ever seen uh, anything in the wrong place on a human, it's disgusting. Just for lack of a better word, it's, it's awful. And so that was my second thought is, oh my goodness why is everybody looking at me like that? And so not to get too deep into that, but it was, it was kind of a a thing that made me realize there are people that are going to stick around for the beauty of something, but there's also going to be a majority of people that will leave or, or not act in, in sort of the ugly. Mm. And so that, that was a, that was a big realization. Um, uh, another realization that, that happened just during just the whole fight, cause I dislocated it. And then, um, what just went through rehab, um, didn't even get through a full summer, dislocated again, had my first surgery that lasted for almost exactly a year. And then ninth grade comes around. I try to play football again and, um, dislocated again. And so that's two surgeries deep just through, you know, sort of, man, I guess three years of fighting that. And even then I, I wouldn't say it just stopped at three years because the mental problems go way beyond just the physical, um, yeah. in terms of a sports injury, but um, I, I think the biggest thing was um, it really allowed me to weigh the value of things in my life, right? After the second surgery, it was how much value does basketball hold in my life or how much do I love this sport? Mm. And um, ultimately, it, it came it came down to sort of risk assessment, but also it was how much am I willing to sacrifice for the things that I love? Right. And um, Eventually with basketball, I got to a point where, um, I mean, I, I, I loved it so much that I, I decided that I was willing to put my sort of my, my, um, my body on the line for it. And so, I mean, it was, it was just one of those things where uh, I really learned to assess the value and, and also be thankful for the things that I've, I've experienced before. Um, but, but assess the value of things that are in front of me in life. The allowed you to weigh the value of things in your life. I feel like that's huge. And in life, there's a constant imbalancing, right? Like as you age, as you go to a different stage, if you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't have to be just injuries or sports related. It's a different lens. Or if you have a kid or different things in your life, new things, new beginnings, you're always constantly trying to value. Oh, is this valuable? Is this valuable? Like in this stage, your first year of college, at this point, it's almost the end. Can you take me to that? Wow. Does that even matter moment yet? Because before when I was going to college, there's a lot of things. It was divorcing the life that you had in high school and going to college. And then when you think you're at the end of your college years, like none of my high school, any of that matter what they thought opinions. You said, wow, look at how they're looking at me when you had your injury. Take me to the wow, does that even matter moment for Logan? Man, it's, I mean, I would say it's pretty vivid. So it actually didn't come until um, after uh, after Christmas break, right? 
And so over the first semester of college, I built up a, a group of friends. And then um, over over Christmas break, it's one of those things where there's like a geographical separation and then you guys just don't talk anymore. And, you know, it's a, it's unfortunate, but we, we kind of grew apart. And, and I sort of looked down at myself after that and I was and I was just thinking and I said. They may not have like like they may not communicate with me anymore, but that doesn't change me. Right. I'm still the same person that I was before. We just grew apart. And then in, in thinking about that, I, I really started looking back on, on my high school years and thinking most of the people that I went to high school with, I'm never going to see, see again in my life. There are some people that I know for sure had maybe a negative opinion of me. We never really got along. And I look back at that and I'm like, that was so trivial. It's so childish to look back and, and think that you held sort of a disdain for a person that doesn't have an effect on who you are. And, and, and that's not to say that, um, you know, that, that people as a whole affect who you are because you can and you can influence that more than just about anybody else. But if, if I had that relationship with somebody really close to me, if I if I developed a disdain between, you know, me and my parents or me and my sister or, or me and my best friend, um, I would I would definitely change. It's it's one of those things where you realize that self-determination is the biggest factor in who you are literally to, to kind of shrink that down, you are the biggest factor in you and what everybody else sort of thought about you or what you were two, three, four years ago. If it didn't contribute to who you are now, what's the importance of it? Yeah. What's the importance of it? That's so far. That's, that's very true. And, and there's things about self-determination, right? Like you're going after a goal, you're going after what you want. You're an engineer major you're going to finish your, your first year successfully it's like, I agree, but then at some point, I kind of disagree because with self-determination, right? Yes, it's your goal, but then it's your parents and your family and, and people driving how you see things. So it's like kind of the weight of, of oh, how they perceive you. So like you want to be an engineer, but you also want to be an actual human, a person. So what is the disconnect to when you actually falter or you have a bad grade or you have a bad day, does the weight of perception or how you're supposed to look or supposed to feel kind of eat you up in those moments? Because for me, for me on this podcast, again, I say it all the time. Oh, I got to be the best podcaster of the world. I got to do this or I'm a basketball player. I got to do the great or on socials. I'm so positive. I got to stay to this level. I can't be human. I break that every single day by just trying to be by myself. If that makes sense, what is the weight that Logan personally feels in his life right now being an engineer major year mm -hmm. one? Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where I don't have much weight on me. Um, but I, I would say I'm trying to think because I, I, I mean, I, I live I live a life in that I did enough work in high school to not have to pay much for college. So so the, the financial aspect of, of paying for an education just really isn't on me. Um, so whenever I get a bad grade, it's the my immediate thought doesn't go to financials. Um, I, I guess my immediate thought would be trying to give everybody that's invested so much in me a return on that investment mm. because like I know and, and, and anybody that, that has a close relationship with their mom or their dad knows that they, they have given up so much just for you. And, um, and, and people that don't realize that, man, go talk to your mom, <laughs> go yeah. talk to your dad, man, get to know them because they, they have given up so much for you. 
And, and, and it's not, it's not, it's not just them giving up, but it's them giving it to you. Right. You know, it's, it's them making a conscious investment in, in you. Um, same thing with my sister. Like I said, my sister taught me how to read Mm -hmm. early in life. My sister made an investment in me as her little brother. And so whenever I, whenever I do falter, I I sort of look and and think, man, you know, there's a a return that I, I owe these people you know, just because of how much they've done for me and, and what, what I have become because of them. There's something that they must receive from me because of what they've given. That's fire. And I, I, I see again, again, if you're listening to Mind Bully podcast with Logan and Norrence, that is something Logan um, does for me. It's, it's something that I asked him a question and he gave me an answer that I even think of the return on investment that people have in your life that invested so much on you. You want to make them proud. You want to get them to see you in a different light. That's so beautiful. I think there's something that we touched on that I I appreciate you saying the episodes I have with my siblings and it gives you a light to, to build that relationship with your sibling. How have your relationship, the return on investment, how were you able to pay it forward in a way of actually reaching out to your sister and building your connection that you have with her? Well, um, well, I, I think the biggest return, at least on her investment, has been sort of academic success so far. I mean, um, I was, I mean, I graduated with about 700 people. Out of those 700, I was the number 10, um, the 10th highest um so I guess I got had tenth highest GPA, which I know doesn't mean much, but but to me and to her, it meant a lot because she was kind of the 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 origin of that. But not not just that, she's um she's also um influenced me a lot in terms of um motivation, right? Um, anybody that has an older sibling knows there's if you look up to your older sibling, I I think just about every single younger sibling does. And if you're an older sibling and you say, oh no, they don't look up to me, you're wrong. <laughs> um, but in, in doing that, in looking up to her, um, I, I, I mean, golly, man, it's just given me so much to chase. Um, so she's about three years older than me. I'll give you a little bit of background on her. Um, she's about three years older than me and, um, she is one of the most artistic minds. I, I mean, I've ever seen, I mean, I mean, she is so artistic and she does photography and she's brilliant at it. I mean, it's, it's incredible what she can do. Um, and, and so that's, that's what she went to college for. And, and I mean, you see sort of the oppositeness now of us, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, chasing an engineering degree. I, right. I want to work on circuits and, and build things. She wants to, she wants to create and inspire. Hmm. Right. And so it's, oh man, I, how, I mean, how are you able to kind of connect with her? You know, if you're on two different planes and two different visions, it's tough to kind of connect with anything to talk about other than, hey, have yeah. you talked to mom? Have you talked to dad? Like, yeah. how are you able to, you know, strategically place those days or those times or those dates where you guys connect on just, Hey, you're my sibling. I love you. Like, how have you been able to do that in your first year where it's kind of tough to new life, new things around you? It's definitely not easy, you know. Ma- maintaining a relationship with anybody that that has you know a different mindset than you is 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 tough. But the way the way I've kind of gone about it with my sister is is genuinely, and I think it's pretty funny. It's through music, mm. right? Something that I I didn't I didn't really think like because we and I mean if you knew us, man, we have <laughs> opposite tastes in music. But um, what does she like? Over, or what do you like? Oh man, she's alternative indie rock, and I'm 
country. I'm, I'm all over the place. And, and, you know, I I actually took a class my first semester that kind of introduced me to a bunch of different, um, different genres of music things. And I mean, I, I kind of passed over into her world a little bit. And so, um, we, um, we, we, we exchange, um, you know, Spotify, like we'll send each other Spotify links. Um, we'll, uh, like, like she'll, she'll, um, text me and, Hey, listen to this playlist, you know? So it's, um, it's really cool to to be able to to find something that we both finally really enjoy, um, yeah. but also it's reminiscing. I mean, we talk about we talk about our lives because, believe it or not, even though we lived in the same household, we lived very different lives, right? And and I, I think a lot of that has to deal with with I'm uh, I'm 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 a guy, she's a girl, right? And of course, parents are gonna are gonna treat them differently, but it's also um, she was the firstborn. Mm. And so, and so with that comes, you know, an extra set of maybe not responsibility, but expectations, you know, a lot of parents, when they have their firstborn, they cherish it so much. You know? Right. And so, um, and even though we, I mean, we, we grew up and we had, we did live pretty different, different lives with different expectations. We still reflect on, you know, still being those seven, eight, nine year olds, yeah. just no, not a care in the world playing yeah. around. It's really cool to be able to look back at that kind of stuff with her. Yeah. um, Whenever you have a a sibling who's grown up in the same, you know, things that you did and they know everything that you've built yourself up to be, it's a comfortable place and it's great to have. Um, I feel like that's a a level that of deeper vulnerability that you can get to with, with a sibling that you honestly, it's hard to find in other people. And then when you do it, it's special. So when I have you on the podcast and I'm able to be vulnerable with not only my podcast, but you behind the scenes, it's like I can tell him how I, I feel this podcast is going or and he can give me honest feedback and we bounce off each other. It's been it's been so impactful to me, honestly. It's been so special. And I think vulnerability and connection are are synonymous. You know, you, you need yes. vulnerability to have a, a, a real connection with somebody. But there's another hand on me that that always thought vulnerability was was weakness. Can you tell me oh. In, in, oh. <laughs> in your opinion, <laughs> give me a vulnerability versus weakness? Well, I mean, I, I guess I guess the biggest I, I guess the biggest difference between the two, if I if I'm really going to think about it, would be vulnerability is it's transparency. It's being able to, especially with, with someone else, it's being able to tell someone how you feel in that moment and expect a warm response. It does allow for a deeper connection because now both of you guys know that not only you guys connect on a deeper level with each other, but also, you know, if you guys ever need to tell them something or if you're in a situation where, Oh, I just have to get this out, you know, and especially in the age of, of the cell phone, I mean, we, I mean, it's just a call away. Yeah. And so it's, um, it's, it's one of those things where, um, it's vulnerability is sort of not, it's not a reliance, but, but it, it increases your reliance on another person, um, in that it allows you to be yourself fully and wholly with them. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's mistaken for weakness in that, um, a lot of people um, don't outwardly show who they are to the mass, the massive, uh, the masses of people. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people really do try to 
construct this figure to live up to when they're around certain people. And um, that is a dangerous path to walk on, but it's also one of those things where in trying to live up to that larger than life figure that you've made yourself out to be, you're not allowing any true connection because those people are connecting with that larger than life person. And you're sitting here not connecting with them. Yeah. Like for me, for me, bro, I feel like I got to be the podcaster of the world and, Oh, articulate myself in a certain fashion. And, but I've, I've grown to to learn and, and from you and from people that I really care about that. The thing that helps me, connect with me is my passion. That's, that's where I can't, you know, nobody can duplicate. I can't, you know, recreate myself <laughs> where, you know, the, they use the little big words and they shape it in a way. Yes. There's way for me to get better. Like I, to be vulnerable and to be transparent. I feel like my teaching and my analogies can be better, but what I have in me is a burning passion. The ways that I get it out is, you know, why Logan and people like that are there to help me, but to be vulnerable, it honestly is a strength, but I would preface this by saying it's not so strong to speak. And here's why. I think vulnerability only gets you so far, right? Vulnerability. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Vulnerability with action is actually a strength. So like how many times can I come to Logan and be like, bro, Logan, I don't know. Like I'm scared. <laughs> like I, I want people to like it. I want people to like it. Logan's like, you need more people on your podcast. Do an episode with actual people. I do an episode with actual people. And like, if I stayed with just Norts, it wouldn't be where it is today. So I think that every single time you're, you're vulnerable and you're speaking with somebody and you're having connection, you need to have an action plan to get to the next step. I guess for you, Logan, in your life, who are those people in your life that you're able to be vulnerable with? to create an action plan to get you to, to the next step? Oh, I mean, like I said, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's my parents. Um, I like, like my parents aren't like the, they're not the cool, like they're not, they're not the ones that are like, Oh yeah, whatever, you know, do whatever you want. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna give me what I, maybe what I, I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. Um, but if despite that, I, I feel like I can tell them anything, but it's also, um, like, uh, my best friend, I, I think uh, his name's Jaden, but, um, we, um, I mean, we, we kind of knew of each other, um, throughout middle school and, and throughout most of high school, but our senior year, um, we really started talking and, and um, you know, both of us kind of went through, um, rocky high school relationships, you know, how that is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. um, just being able to tell each other that and, and also in, in spending time with each other and, and, and sort of thinking out and, and really taking steps towards, getting over it, we, we both kind of developed a sense of how to be vulnerable, but not just be vulnerable, but act on vulnerabilities, um, reinforce vulnerabilities, reinforce friendship and and really take not just a relationship to the next level, but ourselves individually to the next level, um, in terms of, you know, self-identity, knowing who we are. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel like vulnerability is powerful because, you're exposing similar thought patterns. So whenever you're able to expose that to a person that cares about you and vice versa, it leads to a connection. But in some cases, if you don't have like the right circle and the right people like you do, it can lead to a comfortable connection that just reverts the cycle. And I know so many times in my life or stories that I hear people that, uh, 
I feel this way. I feel this way. And they just have like people talking about how they feel rather than the action steps they need to break that feeling. Because in this life, sure. actual growth is is pairing yourself away from who you were the, the, the previous day. So, no, that's whenever you have a person to be there for you in those moments where you're vulnerable, that kind of sides with the thought process. It's huge. And to hear somebody and for a podcast or uh, something that you watch that, oh, they're just like me. It's so special. And I think that uh, I'm blessed to have a platform to showcase that as well. It, there's something that you asked me on my podcast and I put it on. Uh, you said, have you ever truly been alone in life? And it's funny because we go from a place of vulnerability and having a person to talk about our problems and the things that we think of and to have that person be there and still feel alone. Take me through those times where Logan felt alone. What did that do to you and what did it do for you? And Logan's he asked me this exact question. So I'm giving him that question. Uh, well, um I think at the time I was, I felt alone. Um, you know, it's, um, of course, especially I, I think this applies to a lot of people is, you know, after breakups or after loss, um, for me, um, girlfriend, senior year of high school breakup tough. Um, but after that, you know, you sort of look around and, and my first thought process was nobody's experienced what I've experienced. And, and that, that was completely wrong just mm. to say that, but, but I know I, I, I I pretty much made this wrong assumption and, and in doing that I isolated myself and um sort of by in sort of isolating myself that's that was truly when I, I really did feel like I was the only thing there for me, you know? And um to answer the first part of the question, what did it do to me? Well, what it did to me was it I mean, I, I think your response was spot on. Um it, it, it made me manage my expectations. I mean, it, it really did. Being alone made me think about, you know, when I approach somebody or when somebody else comes into my life, you know, maybe this isn't, um, th th this does not have to be the greatest thing in the world. But does that, isn't that kind of like, I, I don't, I like, I understand why I think that way, but like, doesn't it take away the fun and the life and just the mindset of just living freely and, you know, it, uh, doesn't that do that for you or... I'm, you know, I wouldn't say that it does. Um, just because I, I feel like expectation, um, and, and managing your expectation is, is much, is, is different from your willingness to take a risk. Right. Mm. Cause you can see, you can sorry, to cut you off, but come on, come on. <laughs> Y'all better stop playing with this man, Logan. That just, I, I'm telling you, that helps me keep going. Sorry. So, like I said, managing your expectation is sitting there thinking, you know, maybe this isn't going to be the greatest thing in the world. Whereas managing your risk would be, yes, this may not be the best thing in the world, but it can never be the best thing in the world if I don't try. Hey, Genix, you going off? 